welcome to the very first episode of the Florida Specifier Podcast. This is Brett Cyphers, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow members of the Specifier Editorial Board. First, Ryan Matthews. Ryan is the former Deputy Secretary and Secretary of the Florida Department of Environmental Protection and is now with the Gray Robinson Law Firm. Good to have you here, sir. Thanks for having me. And next is Jeff Littlejohn. Jeff is the Specifier's founding editor. He is also a former Deputy Secretary at DEP and is now a principal at the National Stormwater Trust. On-site performance, he's also a senior advisor at the Adams and Reese Law Firm. And finally, there's me. I'm the former executive director of the Northwest Florida Water Management District and current partner at Anfield Consulting. And I host another podcast called Water for Fighting. Gentlemen, it's great to be with you today. Thanks, Brett. First things first, Jeff, what have you gotten us into here? <laughs> I don't know yet. Ask me in six months. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, of course, but let's talk about what made you want to get into the news business to begin with. I'm not sure that's even a fair question, Brett, because I'm not sure that I ever wanted to get into the news business. I think it was an opportunity that was presented to us, and Ryan and I just couldn't find a reason to completely reject it. And so I think we just kind of backed, backed into it. I'll speak for myself, because Ryan's right here. You can ask him later. I got more excited about what we could do with this, and that eventually got me over kind of the fence, the threshold decision of what the heck and why the heck would I get involved in the newspaper business. Yeah, and I think I get into that uh, a little bit later on. We'll touch on on some of what that means, but I want to get Ryan's take on this because you agreed to also co-host this thing with me on a regular basis. Maybe so, foolishly. <laughs> right, right. right. I'll admit I was hesitant at first to, to jump in to the newspaper business, if you will, just for lack of experience. But like all things, in speaking with Jeff, who has a, an extreme entrepreneurial spirit, I think as anybody would know him would attest, yes. the opportunities, the synergies with the, the summer school with the circles that we run in in terms of who we are interacting with both from the legislative perspective to the agency perspective to individual client perspectives it made sense and, and the specifier has been around for a long time anybody who has participated in our world professionally uh, has come across the specifier at one point or the other yeah and i think i neglected to mention that earlier that you two are partners in the florida environmental network which puts on the environmental permitting summer school which by the sound of our voice people will be wandering around i think by this time but i want to get into that broader view that jeff you were alluding to but let's start with the paper itself though i'm going to begin with the elephant in the room with ryan because I assume that you are white hot with rage that you did not make it above the fold in our very first issue. I almost quit immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I went to Herschel Vineyard, but talk about your article. I think it was really good. Not good enough to, to beat Herschel's, but good for the front page. And I think it captures the spirit of what we're trying to accomplish with the specifier as well, which is to inform without telling people what to think. I'll defer to Herschel. He was secretary, I think, four or five times longer than I was. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm still amazed by his longevity uh, at DEP. But no, the intention, not only of my individual article, but the specifier as a whole, is to educate folks in an unbiased manner. We had talked prior to the establishment of this issue about the legislature had just concluded their business. The DeSantis administration and the House and Senate have given records amounts of funding to the environment. And it really has expanded beyond just 
the Everglades and, and Lake Okeechobee, but we're, we are seeing significant investment in the Indian River Lagoon in alternative water supply and sewer remediation and resiliency. There have been billions of dollars that have been appropriated over the course of the last couple sessions, and it's important for folks, and your typical specifier reader may not have gotten that individual information in the past and had a little bit more of a focus on what happens with an environmental effect in Tallahassee during the 60-day legislative session. And I think that's all fair, and I think also that certainly the three of us are not averse to having opinions, often strong ones, when it comes to uh, policy and environmental news issues. And we make room for that, right? I think it's on page eight of this paper. We have a few that are just straight up opinion columns, and that's good. I think it's good to get those out there, but I think they turn out to be the exception rather than the rule, and and I like the way that, that you put yours together. As I think we're all learning at this point, putting together a newspaper is harder, as well as easier than you think. Some of the things fall together neatly and some don't. But when I'm thinking about how this one's constructed, the most important thing to me is that it has articles that people actually want to read. And Jeff, I think that was important to you as well when we were going through the paper, article by article, readability was a huge issue for you, wasn't it? Absolutely. I I think for people to have this in their waiting rooms or or get this in their mailbox, the difference between just throwing in the recycling bin and actually opening up and go through it is, are there topics of interest? Are there positions or information? Is information being provided that they're not already getting somewhere else? Or maybe they'd like to hear a little bit more of. They've heard a snippet about something, but we have a whole article that hits that topic and, and covers it from a different angle. And I think having compelling information is one of the reasons why people like to come to Marco every year. You're always going to get an update. You've got the right people, lots of different perspectives, and we're covering the topics that people in our industry care about. That's a a good segue because I want you to to address the fact that we call it the Marco edition. We have an insert in there about summer school, the history of summer school. I think it starts on page uh, 11 for listeners out there that want to read it. Talk about that insert a little. My favorite part has got to be that history part, which is going way back to the beginning to when it first started. And your your dad was the guy that did that. That's right. It was fun. I don't remember who thought about the pullout. I thought it was a cool opportunity to highlight the integration between these two efforts with the summer school and the specifier. Knowing or or when when we figured out our plan to hand out copies of the specifier to people when they show up at the registration desk and, and check in down there, Right now we're saying next week, but by then they'll, they'll have already gotten their copies. I think it'll be kind of cool that they'll be able to pull out the insert and have their map to the exhibit hall. All the things that we would typically put in a registration packet we're kind of handing out in a newspaper as, as a way to highlight that, that synergy. One of the things that I was hoping that we'd end up doing when we have these get-togethers, when I think a new issue comes out or it's coming up, I'd like us to talk about that issue and, and our favorite parts of it. And I'm glad you talked about the Marco insert. But I want to get into some of the articles themselves. Do you have a favorite article in this issue, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to say I love the Supreme Court decision article by my partner and friend Herschel. I think it's a great article, and it's a very hot topic. And and for the record, Ryan, that's the reason why it it beat you out above the fold. I think this is pretty substantive and late-breaking, and we were able to cover it in time. And so that was fun. Doesn't make me any less upset. No, I know. I understand. But I'm going to take personal privilege here and say that I, I like the Otter Springs article. It's a cool story, and it's something that is pretty innovative and it, it involves a lot of people. I'm not sure we even provided the whole the whole background in that article, but there were people involved 
going back a couple of years, like Ann Shortell, of course, Hugh Thomas was heavily involved because he, he got it done and contracted all of it. The county, the regional, Nature Coast Regional Water Authority, a lot of people were involved in making that happen. And just not, not to restate the article for you, but it's about improving water quality at one of our springs and getting rid of a bunch of septic tanks. So I just thought it was a cool article. I liked it as well, and I, I think it's indicative of the kind of things that we want to see. It Because you don't get a lot of that. I think all three of us have, have seen it and lived it where you read other news sources and you get you know bits and snippets and it's almost always bad news and almost never talks about things like this where those little successes that build on, on others to become big successes. And I, I really like the article a lot. Ryan, what's your favorite? You can't pick your own. <laughs> Although I do like it. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I think my favorite article is the Seagrass article by Katie Kramer with CN Shoreline. Really just because of how informative it was. Even for me, looking at the decline in seagrass in the various parts of the state, I was unaware that there were 60 species of, of seagrass. And then just understanding more about the connection and the decline versus larger harmful algal blooms and, and water quality crises that we face throughout the state, I, I like that one the best. Yeah, it's a good one as well. I'm going to play the, the home team route a little bit, although I guess I'll add on to that the privilege of mentioning my, my good friend and partner, Frank Bernardino, and he wrote one of the, the opinion columns and he and I have been having that conversation you know, off and on for about 15 years now. But what I really want to hit on is the article about the PASS program at the Northwest Florida Water Management District. Now, I spent a decade there, and so I'm a little bit biased. But I just think they're doing an amazing job of getting positive responses from farmers in the, especially the Jackson Blue Spring area. But they're looking at expanding that. And they, the, the level of participation has been incredible and it's, a lot of that's due to the work of Lyle and that team at the district and so uh, keep up the good work guys if you're listening to this I think it's awesome. Before we go I want to talk about the specifier online I think it gets to what you were talking about earlier Jeff which is what do we think this will become we now have a physical paper we now have a podcast as of this moment the motto for the specifier is read watch listen and learn that's because uh, there's a lot of fresh new content we're thinking about. Why don't you talk about a little bit of that, Jeff, because I think a lot of that's your, your brainchild. That's not fair, Brett. I, I think we've kicked around this idea between ourselves enough that I think it's a, it's a group idea at this point. But Ryan and I have been talking a couple of years about what else could we do to grow the summer school or grow the value of the summer school to the people that really appreciate coming every year. It is just a once a year event and we tend to kind of touch that group of people maybe twice you know once when they're all down there and then once when they're hitting hitting them up for registration fees for the next year <laughs> but between that we don't do anything to stay in touch with the industry that we all serve and and a lot of those people that we work very closely with and really appreciate again just kind of brainstorming when this paper idea was first thrown out there i was trying to find a way to connect the dots between the two and is it as simple as using the paper or as we start to shift to talking about digital use the digital footprint to connect that same type of information that that content delivery you know when you're in that conference room in marco and you're listening to the panel for me and and i, I hope all the people that put a lot of work and sweat into their presentations I, I hope they don't take offense to this but to me the value the most interesting parts of those conversations are are just that they're the conversations that happen when all the presentations are over and you get back and forth among the panelists or you get back and forth between 
somebody who's speaking on a topic and somebody in the audience. And uh, those are really fantastic conversations. I think people learn a lot. I think people appreciate that. I think that kind of dialogue is really powerful. And I think as we are confronted with and deal with really complicated issues and everything environmental and growth management is, it is complicated. I think we're gonna have to find better ways to talk, better ways to really think about these issues from lots of different perspectives and come up with the right answer. And so any chance to create opportunities for really good conversation is always interesting to me. Yeah, and I think part of that is it kind of revolves around one is the paper and the other is summer school. So at summer school, you have these great presentations, but the venue is only so big. And so if you're not one of the 11, 1200 people that are lucky enough to be there and participate, you're sort of left out of that conversation a bit. And so I think it's really cool that we're looking at recording some of those presentations. That way, when you go to the specifier online, which I hope people do, they'll be able to have access to at least some of those, those discussions, some of those presentations to try to give that summer school feel throughout the year as well as the, the paper itself. I, I think for my part is I've always read the specifier at sometimes more closely than others, if, I, if I'm being fair. Uh, I'm obviously being biased when I say that this is my favorite issue ever, but I like the idea of it still existing in the, in the format it is for that, the long form of discussions about policy issues and that are going on for environmental professionals. But I also like the idea of providing environmental news to environmental professionals between those every other month or so when, when these issues come out. And so that's the part I think I, I may be most excited about. I, I mean, I enjoyed the podcasting and, and, and having these discussions, but I think that's my, my favorite part is what could happen online. But I want you to talk about that a bit, Ryan, and that's that listen part. You've been on the Water for Fighting podcast. Jeff has been on it. So you're now a veteran podcaster. <laughs> Low bar. Uh, right. right. Uh, talk about why you wanted to, to do this with me. Well, I mean, I'd echo both of your comments. Again, Jeff's original vision and a conversation we had over the past couple years is, is how is summer school going to evolve? And it's similar with the specifier because we've all had a history with the actual tangible paper. There's a connection there to one degree or another. And so for me, both the newspaper itself, the online portion, and then the podcasting is the evolution of the specifier. And to your point, Brett, about sort of continuing the conversations that occur at Marco throughout the year, today's day and age, the, the podcasting medium is a great way to do that. And, and I think we have folks that we're all very familiar with, have worked with either on an issue against <clears throat> that person, individual on an issue, or with them, or represented an entity. We have just a plethora of people that we can pull from to have conversations that we hope people want to tune in. I mean, maybe it's six people total and two of them are our mothers. I don't know yet, but I think it's one of those things where the opportunity presents itself to have informative conversations and dialogue with the, the true practitioners in the environmental arena, whether that's, again, folks who work at DEP or Water Management District or FWC, whether that's legislators in the House and Senate, whether it's somebody from the governor's office, it's a, it's a wide universe. And at the end of the day, though, a state of 22 million people, those who run in this circle, fairly small. 
so it's it's unique to be able to to participate in, especially for the three of us, not to age us, but we've been doing it for a while. So I think we got something to say, and I hope folks will listen. I agree with you absolutely. I like the the different difference in format that the new podcast provides in terms of tackling ongoing policy issues, ongoing activities, news, rather than simply trying to catch up to it later on. I, like I said before, I don't think that exists elsewhere. Certainly not in Florida. It may be somewhere, but it's not here. And so I'm excited about that. If you put all those things together, you put together the the read, watch, and I hope people do watch that that part as well when they if they're back at home and looking at these presentations from summer school. You put it all together and you get learned. And that's what I, I think I'm hoping that happens, at least for my part. I think it is for, for both of you as well. Providing these podcasts about people and the issues. Talking about things that engineers, geologists, other environmental professionals care about. Even students, which I think has also been missing in terms of these young engineers coming up like you, Jeff, or young attorneys like you, Ryan. I'm excited to, to also do some more outreach there. Since... The podcast is coming out while people are arriving at Environmental Permitting Summer School. Any last words of wisdom from you, Jeff? Uh, not really wisdom. I think you picked the wrong person to ask <laughs> for something wise to say. But I, I'll just say, I mean, you, you mentioned that we're going to record some of the classes this year. So if you are seeing an unusual piece of technology in the back of the room when you're walking into a class, that's what it's for. We'll be recording, I think, 10 classes this year and hosting them online. Depending on how that goes, we may do more or all of them in future years. So I think, I think that's going to be something new and different that you'll see this year. For the rest of the summer school, I think it's going to be you know, the same type of experience that you're used to. It should be a lot of fun. I hope everybody has had a chance to bring their families and that we have great weather. I think that's a perfect place to close. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you, listeners, for listening to the inaugural episode of the Florida Specifier Podcast. If you like what you hear please be sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're using and don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. If you don't like what you hear, well then just subscribe to the Florida Specifier online at floridaspecifier.com and read your environmental news and commentary the old-fashioned way. But do be sure to subscribe. It's easy to do. And as you heard earlier, there'll be tons of options to read, watch, listen, and learn all at your fingertips. We appreciate that support. Also, thanks to Bagels and Biscuits for the music. Check them out on whatever streaming service catches your fancy. Join us next time as we continue to delve into the issues, policy, and people that environmental professionals and policymakers want to know about. If you have an idea for an article or topic, please be sure to let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So for Jeff Littlejohn, Ryan Matthews, and myself, Brett Cyphers, till we meet again, happy trails to you.